Oh, Sam, there's Kitchen Lake. Have you heard the story of the Kitchen Lake Witch? No, I haven't. Do tell. Well, the story goes that behind the lake, there's an old farmhouse, and it burned down in roughly 1943, which, according to legend, the person who lived in that house was a witch. She was famous around the town for, you know, giving out local remedies, things that doctors couldn't help you with. Uh, but, being the buckle of the Bible belt, we had some folks who weren't very pleased with her existence, and so they pinned her in her house one night and burned it to the ground around her. For years, we just had a concrete slab and a stone chimney sticking up, and locals would say that they would see uh, fire and smoke coming out of that chimney from time to time. They'd hear strange sounds, uh, singing, drum beats. Uh, they said that there were animals in various states of desiccation uh, or madness running around. So very much encouraged not to go out there. So of course, people went out there. Apparently it's very popular among teenagers to go drink out there. I uh, interviewed a local who said recently that the chimney was knocked down one night. They uh, had gotten a bunch of logs together and just beat it down like bats. He said it went thump, thump, thump into the night. Well, that's not very nice. No, people have strange ideas about what is right and wrong. Uh, hope Dee's doing all right in Shawnee. Hello, I'm Sam Saxon. I'm Professor Joff Deroot. And you're listening to Tales Unveiled where we explore ghost stories and urban legends. This episode of Tales Unveiled is brought to you by Theopolis Social Club. Located in Shawnee, Oklahoma, Theopolis Social Club is a procedure-style bar and restaurant in the heart of the Depot District, where wine, cocktails, food, and culture collide in a modern, eclectic space. For more information, Visit them at theopolissc.com. That's T-H-E-O-P-O-L-I-S-S-C.com. The professor and I arrived in front of the Ritz in downtown Shawnee. Unlike some other small towns, Shawnee's downtown strip was experiencing a boost of revitalization. There were several new shops and restaurants along Main Street, including some construction projects. We went inside the Ritz where we met with Dee and Lauren from IOKP investigating Oklahoma's paranormal. Uh, Dee, good to see you. Good to see you. How, are, how have you been? I've been doing great. Okay, nothing out of the ordinary going on? Not that I can tell, but you never know. That's always true. Oh, this is Sam Saxon. Hi. Hi, Dee. Nice to finally meet you. Nice to meet you. All right. And uh, who else do we have joining us today? I'm Lauren. Lauren, nice to meet you as well. Nice to meet you. First of all, tell us a little bit about Shawnee. What is there to do down here? Shawnee. Well, Shawnee has gotten to be a little bit more happening now. I mean, thank goodness the Ritz has got lots of concerts, lots of venues, comedy shows. There is... Of course, we've got a couple of other outside events. Um, there's going to be ghost tours and Halloween's coming up and Boo on Bell's coming up. And so lots of things to do, at least for the fall months. I've heard Shawnee's also known for the balloon festival as well. Yes, down at the casino, which it's, it's beautiful. I've been actually one time. It's very beautiful. What about some of the shops downtown? Um... I've seen a few. Lauren knows about them a little bit more than I. 
of course, he's got a daughter, so of course, I'm sure she drags him into a lot of stores. I bet. <laughs> but Shawnee has actually grown quite a bit from what I've been coming here for a while, since probably 2006. Um, the downtown area is now starting. It kind of had a little bit of a lull, but it's starting to pick up more. It's starting to actually get a lot more busier, especially this area. Um, the restaurants are picking up more, the coffee shops, stuff like that. So, uh, We passed through downtown. We saw some really interesting coffee shops, gathering place. There's Theopolis and some other neat restaurants. And mm-hmm. There's a couple of, like, boomerangs right across. There's a hamburger place. What's the name of the hamburger place that's down the street? I can't think of the name of it. Get off your phone or I'm going to smack you. Okay, <laughs> <or something>. <laughs> <laughs> um, the... They've got good pies there, too. Mm. Really good pies. But, yeah, the coffee shops. um, I think, of course, you're seeing a lot more dispensaries, too. Um, A lot of that's starting to kind of get around here. But it's it's growing, especially this part. That's exciting. I'm glad to hear that. So with all this lively activity, I assume there's still a lot of energy from the past. A lot. Um, Even though... You see a lot more businesses and a lot more restaurants and everything towards the highway. However, the Main Street area is more historical, more in the past. You definitely have a lot of buildings here that's been around for over 100 years. And they have a lot of activity in them. They have a lot of spirits. Some may be active, some may not. Some may be good, some may be bad. What about the building we're in right now, the Ritz? The Ritz is active. It does have a lot of spirits in here. Um, it's been around since 1897. And it was originally, though, a mercantile store. It had also a little ice cream dessert type place in the front. And later on, it was about 1911 when it turned into the Cozy Theater. Once the Cozy opened, it showed the first. Uh, talkie films in Oklahoma, uh, moving action talkie films. And then back in 1926 is when it became the Ritz Theater. So what kind of activity is there here? The original activity that used to be talked about most was the projectionist called Leo Montgomery. Um, Leo actually died in the building. He passed away in the projection room. Uh, His family, when they first started working here and stuff, they lived in the boarding house upstairs. And so the boarding house is right above us. And the building is, it's huge, but you only get to see the theater part and you get to see the front part. The boarding house, his family, he had, uh, I think five daughters. They all lived upstairs and they all grew up. After a while though, after living here for a couple of years, they all moved and made, um, they bought a house. But Leo, he worked here up until you know, till the day he died. I think he was back, you know, almost in his 60s. He was also kind of known around town as the man that wore shorts, especially during that time period. So you knew Leo anytime because he always wore shorts. Um, And his wife was always commenting about his knobby knees and stuff. But he, they happened, did not know that he had passed because of course the, the movie plays on film reel. Um, but once the film had ended, it just kept flipping. And so finally they went upstairs and saw that he had passed in his chair. Wow. Do we know the cause of death? Heart attack. 
yeah, it was heart attack. Um, so Leo is known to haunt mainly this area. He's not been active as much the past couple of years that I've been a part of the building. I mean, since I've been here since 2006, he was active quite a bit there during the time. But as for the last couple of years, I'd say last three or four years, since it's been remodeled and since it's been more brought to life, I think he's happy with everything. I think he's very accepting of everything. He's not very disappointed anymore. Um, it's back to almost like its original shine. So he's very proud of stuff. Uh, but the upstairs area, the boarding house, there's a lot of more activity up there with different types of spirits. Um, we do see occasional transient type spirits that will just pass on through the building. They'll stay sometimes, sometimes they'll go. Um, so it's, you know, they also talk about another spirit that used to be her called by the little girl by the name Amelia. Um, she's been, eh, she's been active here. Y'all caught her on audio and stuff. Yeah, because yeah, uh, they'll ask if she wants some candy and stuff like that. And of course she wants, she wants to have candy or something. So she does kind of run the building, but there's also a female here that was not so nice when I first, we started back investigating here and I haven't seen her in a while, but Leo, I think I see him once, just a little bit, just every once in a while I'll see Leo. What personal experience have you had here? Just things like pictures being changed out on the screen. I'll be walking up to the stage and it'll change. I'll have to go back and redo it two or three times before they finally leave it alone. <laughs> but once I ask them just not to mess with it, it stays up there. Well, that's considerate of them. Yeah. They really have, they, they're very happy with everything, how it's all changed for the better. Um, you know, all the funding and everything that comes into the Ritz is helping it so much and it's growing. And I think the more the Ritz gets put out there, the more the money that comes in, the more the happening of the place starts to get bigger and especially getting the publicity out there to kind of help it, people recognize that it's still here. Um, so it's, it's getting better. It really has changed within the past year. What other things are happening downtown? Um, are you talking event-wise or spirit-wise? Oh, spirit-wise. Spirit-wise, well, Shawnee's got a lot. Downtown area has a lot of history. Of course, the train depot is the other direction. If you'll notice, especially around areas that have main train depot areas in their, you know, right there by their main street also, the activity in that town seems to be a little bit more adamant. It's a lot stronger. Um, so many people came through here on trains, of course, and they needed places to stay. And then up and down the hot, you know, up and down the street, there was pool halls, you know, saloons, bars, um, and of course, you know, the occasional women of the night houses and stuff. Um, so there's a lot of those type of buildings. If you'll see the history of it, you'll see pool hall, pool hall, pool hall, pool hall, saloon or something like that. It was funny though, but if you look at those on the maps, especially back in the 20s and 30s and so forth, uh, even though it said pool hall, well, you knew what was upstairs. <laughs> so there was a lot of prostitution and stuff. You know, it was Old West. Um, a lot of things happened. A lot of people got hurt. A lot of people had gunfights, um, so it's, it's a very active area. I'm curious what activity is in Maryger with the uh, mummies and such. I don't know. I haven't been in that yet. Oh, fascinating. I was always kind of curious about that. 
Well, they did just do a 3D scan of the mummy. Yeah, I got a press release about did that. You see it? it looked really interesting. Yeah. It's amazing what technology can do nowadays. I would say so. What ghost stories does the radio station have? The radio station has, it was all previous offices. There was also a bank on the second floor. Um, a lot of it is just kind of like dentists. You can kind of get spirits that are working there. Um, people that have offices there. You can still see them move. You can see shadows moving back and forth. They will interact sometimes quite a bit with our equipment. It's the basement that usually has the most activity. Um, the basement has, we've run into like a janitor type spirit. Um, you can see him moving back and forth and then you'll get the transient spirits. They'll come in there too. We've actually had people throw up in the basement because they got so scared. Yikes. <laughs> Well, the girl got her back scratched. Yeah, got scratched. Um, it just, we never know what we're going to get until we walk in the building. We just never know. Well, what else can you tell us about Shawnee, maybe outside the downtown area? Any ghost stories around town? Um, well, of course, in Seminole was the Grisso Mansion. We did a lot of ghost tours there the past couple of years. But as of this year, of course, there's no, there's not able to do that anymore. They sold it. Uh, so it's privately owned. Um, there's also, um, I wouldn't know a whole lot about the outside area except for a few places. It's just this main street area that's got almost every activity on every building. <laughs> it's amazing. Why do you think it focuses here? Like I said, I think it was because this was the main central point. Everybody stayed here, lived here, worked here, and it was just this area. I mean, it didn't start to grow until later on as years passed, decades have gone by, but they all came here to, you know, survive, stop, stopping point, and just grows. I mean, they have got so much activity in the street. You said some of it was malicious. Do you have any stories of that? Yeah, we have run into a few spirits that were not so good. Um, there was, there's a building not too far from here that they have sometimes they'll push they'll scratch um they say horrible things we've got audio of them cussing and stuff at me or or anybody that's in the room sometimes they don't want us there so they'll let us know like they'll knock a picture frame down or um at least that's one good thing. You know, it's not something that's very ruthless that they do, but they will get your attention in some ways. Um, like I said, scratching, pushing, pulling your hair, stuff like that. What do you do in those cases? In those cases, I have to kind of use my guides and angels before I go to any location. Most locations, I've kind of ground and center myself and kind of prepare myself to go in. Um, the building, usually standing outside the building, I kind of focus on the outside of the building first to see what kind of energy I'm getting from the building and what areas are kind of dark, light, if they're going to be negative in some ways, then I know where I need to go to in the building. It kind of directs me to where I need to go. And when I pick up on the negative areas, then I rely on them to kind of tell me if it's okay for me to go in or not. Also, it's also would I use them as well to kind of communicate with the ones, the spirits that are here to say, is it all right for me to come in, to walk in, or even talk to them? Because if they don't want to talk, they're not going to talk. They're not. So they can, they can betray themselves and 
you know, what attitude they want. How, you know, I always tell people how you are in life is usually how you are in death. But sometimes if you go to a location where there's been too much paranormal investigation or too many people going in and provoking a lot, then they're basically going to kind of start fighting back. They're going to get angry. I guess I could understand that. I would be pretty annoyed myself. Yeah, they do get annoyed. Well, we do have the building with the ghost cat. Yeah, I forgot about that. Mm, tell us about that. We actually have a picture of it. Um, there is a antique store. Um, I can't even... Jackie's. Fifth Element. Fifth Element. And it's not often that you run into a spirit animal. I mean, I'll see them every once in a while, but it's not you know, where they usually stay in a location. And when we were investigating Fifth Element, he did kept, you know, the owner kept talking about hearing a cat and stuff. Well, sure enough, he had a ghost cat and we actually got a shadow picture of it down on the floor. So yeah, there's, there's, there's animals that run around. Well, and he has a picture too that he will show people when they come in. Mm-hmm. And it may be the one I took. Might be. I think it is. Then the building that burnt down. Yep, Locos. Locus is one of the, it was a very active building. Of course, it did have a brothel upstairs. Um, that's the main part that we investigated. And they were very, there was a lot of women. Um, half, of course, most of the upstairs are kind of, they're stuck in their time periods. They're not updated or anything like that. So we had gotten a great EVP that was caught on um, I think four or five recorders and a couple of different cameras. And we had just decided to take a break. And of course you can hear us going down the stairs and you can hear us walking out the building and the owner of the building, she locks the door and you can hear the alarm chime and stuff. And I forgot my drink and I had to go in. And we always announce when we're leaving or coming in, especially with all of our recordings and audio and everything. And you can hear me saying, you know, it's just me, I'm coming back in. And so I'm announcing myself. And you can hear me walking out and you can hear the door chime and the alarm and you can hear the door lock and we're outside the building. And you can hear two women full on conversation, basically cussing each other. Um, in, the, in the EVP, it, it kind of goes, um, I'll tell you what. And then she says something about I can't remember, I, I would have killed him or I would have hurt him or something. And, and then there's some cursing in it. So it was a it was caught on several, like audio and video. So it was caught on several different things, but it's a great piece of evidence that we got from Locos. Fascinating. Do you still happen to have that? I sure do. Yeah, I keep a lot of my stuff. Would you be able to share that with us? I think so, yeah, I'll have to go through and find it again. D later emailed me a copy of the EVP, which I will now play for you. We've got a great picture of a one investigation. It wasn't here in Shawnee. It was in um, Bridge Creek, and I was saying that I was feeling something off to the side. You took it. You took it with your flare. Oh, with the thermal camera? You took it with your FLIR camera, and I kept feeling something beside me, and I told him which direction, 
and he took a picture and in the picture you can see a little boy kind of like thing it's it's creepy though it's not like a little kid like hey you know type happy type thing it's a little creepy type humanoid thing over there by me and then we've got pictures from other locations too that kind of blow you away at times I mean if you want to know more about the like the upstairs of the boarding house there's a couple of nasty entities up there well tell us more about this boarding house upstairs the boarding house upstairs was, you know, originally it was a boarding house, but later on after it came the Ritz and everything, the family um, started having their businesses up there, their office business. But when it was the boarding house, not only did Leo and his family live up there, but you can tell that each room was specifically made for boarding house purposes. Um, there is at least one male entity up there that can be kind of aggressive. Um, he said some pretty nasty, vulgar things to me the last time we investigated here. I think we, I can't remember if we have that one or not on audio, but he, he just, he doesn't like women. And his background that I got from him was that he's kind of like a traveling salesman type thing. And so he would go, you know, house to house to these farmhouses and stuff like that. And when husbands are out, you know, working in the fields or working somewhere else and basically hurt women. So he did not like women at all. Um, he had no problem with, you know, other male entities and you know, other males, especially our male team members. But any of us girls who go up there, he's very vulgar. He's vulgar. But you said Amelia's up there too. She does travel. She travels upstairs, downstairs. Um, I've never seen Leo upstairs though. Um, some of the Jones family, um, when it became their offices up there, I have seen, you know, I've like Ronnie Jones and stuff. I've kind of heard a few things about him. I haven't seen him, but I've heard things. They'll tell me things about the offices and stuff. They'll show me pictures of what the offices looks, used to look like. Um, it's just basically a movie type film that kind of plays in my mind. It just shows me what things looked like and stuff in the past. And, and then I'll kind of pick up on some of the families that did have like a little apartments at the back or at the front. Um, so it's, it's just like a history playback of everything that I see up there. Um, but yeah, Amelia does sometimes. Uh, she's mainly here. She's mainly down here. Who's Amelia? She's one of the child that died from the pneumonia upstairs in the boarding house. But apparently she likes it better down here, I think, because of the candy and the movies. And I would. That. So would I. Yeah. Especially when it was an ice cream shop and stuff like that. I would have stayed down here, too. Yeah. Any, and do you, is there anything else you want to add? Any stories you'd like to share? No, I mean, because I don't... Dee might know the story, but it used to be a morgue in the basement, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there was a morgue. Because it was the only building that had a basement at the time, and so you used it as a morgue. Well, there's out right here in this hallway to the side of the stage. Um, of course, there's the alleyway and the cargo doors are there. So when the trains would bring off some of the heavy, you know, cargo boxes that were made out of wood, they would use that wood into caskets. And so they would store it here and also keep some of the bodies downstairs in the basement because it was all rock and stuff and kept cooler. This building certainly had quite the colorful history. It does. More to ice cream parlor, movie theater, and mm -hmm. now kind of an event venue. Yep. It's got a lot of history. Well, on the subject of history, tell us a little bit more about your ghost tours that you do here in Shawnee. Every year we do them. We do at least a, 
quite a few. It just depends on our locations that we have. Um, the first one that we have is called the Shawnee um, Ritz Bar Tour. Uh, it's a four building investigation process. We'll uh, start at um, the bar next door. I can't remember the name of it. Brush bar. Brush bar, thank you. We'll I eat there. I went blank, yeah. Um, people in the ticket who bought a ticket, it's a part of their meal. It starts at six o'clock and we have to promptly start at six o'clock. So you'll, while you're eating your meal, you'll get to kind of go over our rules and regulations of our, our ghost tour. Um, and then once that's over with, it usually takes about an hour. I kind of go over the equipment, rules and regulations, do's and don't do's and stuff like that. Uh, we'll split everybody into groups and then each group will take a building. Um, we'll take the Ritz. We're also doing the basement at the radio station and the old hardware store, which is just a couple of blocks down the way. That was also, it was also a brothel. Yeah, it was also a brothel as well. So that's why we're doing the upstairs part of it. Where can people go online to find out more information about these tours? Usually you can go onto our Facebook page, Investigating Oklahoma's Paranormal, IOKP for short, or you can go to our website, which is www.iokp.org. Thank you for taking the time to chat with us. Thank you. Professor, anything else you want to add? I have lots of notes to make. After I dropped off the professor, I checked my messages to find a text from Valerie James requesting a meeting. I gave her a call and we agreed to meet at a coffee shop in Automobile Alley near my apartment, where she had a special request for me. Hi Sam, thank you for meeting me so last minute. Sure thing, uh, any excuse to come to Yote? It is a wonderful place, it's one of the reasons I wanted to come today was it's a little private and what I'm about to share with you is incredibly private. I don't know if this is the right thing to do, but I really do want to ask some more questions based on some new findings. Okay, I'll see what I can do to help. Do you remember when I met with you and your partner, Mr. Drew? Deroot? Dayro? The professor, yeah. The professor? Well, he had asked me a question about the eyes of Mr. Harrison. Yeah, I remember that. Yes. Well, he was correct. There were smudge markings on his eyes. Oh, that's interesting. Yes, and it got me to thinking. So, I went back and I looked at Miss Wheeler's file. Anastasia is fiancé? Yes. And in the report associated with her murder, it's outlined that there are smudge marks under her eyes, but had been passed off as though it was makeup. That would explain why when I talked to the original detective on the case that they didn't mention that at all. So I probably huh. just passed it off as makeup. Right, which does make sense. But then if you put the fact she also had her antiques, as you know, stolen, mm -hmm. and it matches what seems to have happened with Mr. Harrison, mm -hmm. it makes it seem more like a potential repeat murder sequence. Oh. So that got me to thinking, what if some of these other unsolved cases we have fit similar profile? 
and I did some more research and I found two additional cases. Oh. Antiques and heirlooms stolen, smudge marks underneath the eyes. That is rather curious. Yes, and I normally wouldn't have this conversation with you. I just feel that your friend, Mr. Droot. Droot? Dero. Uh, Joff, yeah, the professor. The professor. Yeah. I feel, and I could be wrong, is possibly holding out information. Do you know him to be like that, or is he pretty straightforward? <laughs> the professor's pretty cryptic. Great. Do you have any ideas of how we might be able to pursue more information from him without him feeling cornered or defensive or nervous about sharing the information with authorities? I'm not sure. I can probably try to get him to talk about it. We've been traveling quite a bit, long car rides. He might be inclined to opening up a little bit. I think it would be, I know it would be wonderful for families to see a murder or actually apprehended so they can get some sort of resolution and peace. And we can also take a murderer off the streets and it would also be good for your friend. Yeah. The professor. Mm-hmm. I think he would like that. Well, if you can, and again, I am so sorry to put this on you, but if you can just feel that out and get any possible information, I will keep doing work on my end and look for as many leads and as many potential tie-ins with additional unsolved cases as possible. Okay, I'll talk to the professor, see if he has anything he hasn't shared with us, and tell you what I can tell you. I'll even ask around some of my other friends in the newsroom uh, if they've noticed any other similar cases. Perfect. I really appreciate it, Sam. And thank you again for meeting last minute, and thank you for the coffee. Their mochas are great here. Oh, yes. Yeah, they're quite delicious. All right. Uh, stay in touch. Tales Unveiled is a production of the Show Starts Now Studios and is produced by Dennis Spielman. The voice of Sam Saxton is Dennis Spielman. The voice of Professor Jeff DeRoot is Jeff Provine. We would like to thank our guests, Dee and Lauren, for sharing stories with us, and the Ritz of Shawnee for hosting the interview session. This episode also features the vocal talents of Christy Boone as Detective Valerie James. To support this podcast and get bonus content, visit talesunveiled.com. This episode's advice comes from John F. Kennedy. We are not here to cure the darkness, but to light the candle that can guide us through that darkness to a safe and sane future.